Amen. What a great praise and worship. Thank you, musicians. Amen. How many came for a word from the Lord today? Something that will feed your soul. I want to talk this morning about the importance of the local church and why we exist and why we come. Some, sometimes we might wonder, is it really that important for me to go to church, to be in church, to show up, um, to receive and all these different things? And how many know we live in a day and a time right now where our time is fought for heavily? And there's lots of things that pull on us and lots of places that we want to go and sometimes need to go and feel like we need to go. Um, but we need, as a, as a believer in Jesus Christ, to be um, committed to the house of God. And I want to give you some really good scriptures this morning. I want to start off by reading Acts chapter 2. But I want to say something real quick before I do. Think about this. How you can be committed to church. Think about this. You can be committed to church and not be committed to Christ. But you cannot be committed to Christ and not be committed to his church. There's a big difference there. Amen. When we are committed to Christ, we show him that by coming to his house. And we know this morning that the building that we're in, although we're very thankful and blessed to have such a beautiful building... This is the place that we come together at, but we are the church. Amen? But there is a place. Can you imagine this morning if, if you were going to go to a, any kind of meeting, any kind of concert, any kind of uh, uh, event, and, and, and maybe you had a favorite uh, singer, uh, let's say Newsboys, for example, is a group that's been around a long time, and we're going to have a Newsboys concert, and no one told anybody where it was going to be or what time it was going to be. They kind of had a hard to have a concert. Amen? You have to have a time and a place that God establishes for us to come together. So let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 40, and look what the church is supposed to look like, what our, what our example is this morning. Give me an amen if you're there. It says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. And then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, to them being the church. And they continued steadfastly. That's a good thing to write down, underline, and highlight. Continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, sold their possessions, their goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. And so continuing daily, look at this, continuing daily with one accord, where were they? In the temple. And breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, look at that, added to the church daily those who were being saved. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for this Sunday, June 10th. I thank you for everything you've given us, the equipment spiritually that you've given us this morning, the privilege to come together in your house 
in your temple this morning, in your place of dwelling, where we come together to gather, Father, and to fellowship and to break bread and to, and to, to sharpen each other by iron, as the Bible says in Proverbs. Lord, speak to us through your word. Challenge us this morning. Cause us to have a greater commitment and understanding of what and why the local church exists, Father. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. So kind of want to talk to you a little bit this morning about how important it is to understand why we exist, why we come to church, why the church is important, and understand at the same time how many people are against the church. And, I'm, and I say that in the sense of how uh, even today there are many Christians who call themselves Christians who do not think it's important to go to church. It's not important to uh, be in fellowship. And that would be to me like an athlete saying they were part of a team, but they did not need to go to practice. I've never seen anybody be, stay on a team that did not go to practice. Uh, you can want all you want, but if you're a coach, you're going to say you're going to be at practice if you want to play in the game. Our game is outside this week. We have a game all week this week to share our faith with people, to tell people about Jesus, to tell people about what he's done in our lives, to preach the gospel. But this is practice. This is where we come in and we learn and we're discipled and we're right there in the middle of our reach, teach, sin. We're right there learning how to, how to teach people about what we believe. But there's a lot of people who are against this gathering or they think that, uh, that we don't need to go to church. They think that, uh, and, and, and rightfully so many times, because a lot of people have used and abused the church. A lot of people are, are, uh, have, have stereotypes about the church and they say, well, all the church ever does is ask for money or all, all the church does this. And, and there's, there's bad examples of anything. But how many have ever been to a restaurant, had, had some bad food? And never went back to a restaurant again. Might not have gone back to that restaurant, but you ate again. Amen. I guarantee you ate again. You found another restaurant. And a lot of times people have a bad experience in a church and all of a sudden they think, well, I'm never going to church again. Doesn't make every church bad. There are some people who are abusing and doing things wrong. But it's kind of like this. And you might have seen this. If I say, you know, I'm not going to go to church because of all them hypocrites. Right? How many have heard that before? Maybe you've said it. I'm not going to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. It was like someone saying, I'm, a, I'm not going to go to the gym because there's a bunch of people that are out of shape there. Or I'm not going to go to the hospital because there's a bunch of sick people there. Right? That's why, we, that's why we go to the gym is to get in shape and everybody's in different places. The, the church would look just like the gym. There are some that are really fit there's some that are just getting started. There's some who have started and came back all around. There's a different thing with the hospital. You, you go to the hospital because you're sick and you need some medicine and you need to get better. How many know this is a hospital this morning? This is a place where people can come and get better. Amen. Like my dad said at the offering or at the prayer, we can come in and receive something that helps us along the way in our walk. Now, I want, I want you to think about this this morning. A few things I want to talk about. Um, First of all, why we exist is because we're a soul-winning agency. Okay, This is a place where we're supposed to come in and, again, be equipped. But one of the biggest reasons we come to church is out of obedience. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. So a lot of things today, today in, in, in the day we live in, there's a lot of crazy things happening. 
And instead of people coming to church more and coming to gather together more and coming to get more strengthened, they scatter and they come less. And the world gets them out there because they isolate themselves. And they don't understand how important it is to fellowship together. Now, I've had people over the years tell me many things. And let me throw this out there again, too, just to make sure uh, and speak to you as if I don't know you this morning. Many of you know that I had a time in my life where I was one of those people that, actually, I can't even say that. I, I always knew the importance of church. I just got bitter and angry at the church and the way it was functioning. But I never, I never believed in my heart that the church wasn't right. Does that make sense? I never thought, man, the church isn't, doesn't need to exist. It's not, but I just, I just didn't want to go to one because I couldn't find one that I felt was doing what God's will was and preaching the gospel and outreaching and, and loving people and, and not a social club. So I had a, a bitterness against the way church was functioning, just like you might look at a hospital and say, man, that hospital doesn't have the greatest service in the world. Their, their nurses aren't helping as much. Their doctors are too busy. But I'd never say the hospital's not necessary. How many are following me? And so we want to be a church this morning that is a good church that's, that's, that's living in a way that causes and want, makes people want to come here and want to be around us and realize how important it is, is to be here. But we do it because God says to do it. He says, he says I want you to fellowship together. And, and so over the years, I've had people tell me, and even in, in, in our church here, uh, people have come and gone over the years. And uh, some people have said that uh, the, the building, the church building is not biblical. We're not supposed to meet in a building. And, uh, and I think to myself, man, can you imagine meeting outside right now? Can you imagine trying to have church outside right now? No. But at the same time, it's kind of funny to me because when I look at this world, I think how, how hard it is to get us to come together to church. Now, listen, I'm not talking to us. I'm just talking generally. How hard it is to get us to come to church together. But when you look at the events that people do outside, huh? We went down to Waco Friday to take my mother and father-in-law down to Magnolia to show them that place. And there is, uh, they have amazing cupcakes down there, really good cupcakes. And so every time, we've gone like three times now, me and my wife, and uh, every time we go, we get some cupcakes there. But you have to wait in line. I've never been to that place that there hasn't been a line to get in. And it's, it's down the block to get inside that place to get a cupcake. And this time, because um, it's hot, they had a big old tent for the line, which was nice. But then we, there was different food trucks there. And there's people waiting in line in this super long line, probably 50 people to get some sweet tea at this food truck. And then there was some other people waiting to get a watermelon that was open. They had watermelon inside it. And then there was people waiting in line to get cupcakes. And while we were in line to get the cupcakes, I thought to myself, hmm, we're waiting in line to get cupcakes. People are waiting in line to get sweet tea. People are waiting in line to drink watermelon. But, oh, if we were waiting in line to get into church, we'd be complaining. We'd be saying, what in the world? You making us stand out here in the heat. Oh, come on, somebody. Stay with me. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how the things we do for other things are okay, but when we start asking somebody to come to church and to be faithful, there's, give me that whistle, Jesse, come on. Give me that whistle, amen? How, how did, that, that's where the rubber meets the road, and we need to begin to realize, man, there's a lot of crazy, that I won't even get into the money we spend on things. And then we take up an offering and say, God says, give me your 10%. Oh, they're asking for my money, right? Come on. 
Jesse mentioned at the, at the offering, I mean, look at the life we used to have. When we, when we didn't know Jesus, oh, we spent a lot of money on stuff. Right? A lot of money on alcohol, a lot of money on drugs, a lot of money on crazy things. Then we come into church and God begins to try to get us in order and we don't understand it. That's why Jesus does all these things. He knew that we would not get along well as people. So he said, I'm going to make you get along well. I'm going to make you come under one roof. I'm going to make you hang out together. I'm going to make you get along. I'm going to make you love each other. Come on. That's why he did it, because he knew how we'd be. So some people told me over the years, well, this, this building's not it, and it's supposed to meet in houses because it said right there. It's funny how people take things out of context. They, he says, you're supposed to meet in a house, but I see in that verse that they did both. Right. said so they went to the temple, and they were meeting in the house in the breaking of bread. And so they tried to make a doctrine out of that, say we're supposed to come to a temple. There's not supposed to be a temple anymore. Temple's man-made and all these different things. But what we have to understand is the reason that they went in houses is because they were being persecuted. That's why they went to houses. Now, they were in houses and the temple there. But at one point, the gospel began to be attacked so strongly that they had to go meet in houses because they could no longer meet publicly. And that happens all around the world today except for the United States. All around the world, there's people meeting right now in hot places, cold places, Dangerous places, small places, reading the Bible, fellowshipping together illegally. Illegally. Amen? And so it's never stopped. It's been going on for thousands of years. And there's a reason why the church exists. Now, again, we physically, as, as the body of Christ, are the church. But this place is established for us to come together. Now, there's a word here that's important called the local church. The local church is really important. The local church, okay? And the reason is, is because God never intended, I'm going to tell you something that's a fact. God never intended for there to be mega churches. He did not intend that. It's not, it's not biblical for there to be mega churches. When I say that, I mean where you're in a city... And all the people come into a place like a Mecca. All the people go to that one place. God intended the church, the local church, to plant itself in neighborhoods and in cities and then to multiply to other cities and then to multiply to other cities. And, and that's what we're, we've, we've done here, having a church in Carrollton this morning, and we want to start more churches. It's, it's not the idea for everybody to gather together in one place. It's for the church to, to, grab, to go out and expand. Are you with me? And meet locally, because I, I ran into somebody uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, that came here to visit, and the person really liked the church and everything, but this person was telling me that they um, went to a large church, and, and this person had a problem physically, and they had to get an appendicitis. And he was telling me that he had never, he could not find anybody in his big church to come visit him in the hospital. Couldn't have nobody come pray with him. And, and, and I've, I've, I, we have people in our church here that couldn't get a funeral done at a big, at a big place like that. Couldn't get anybody to, to visit. There are a lot of people who, who listen to, to the televangelists. That's their pastor, they say. That's my pastor. I'm not going to say names. So-and-so is my pastor. I love the way he preaches. Well, I want to ask you, how are you going to get a hold of that man to do your funeral? How are you going to get a hold of that man to pray for your sick? How are you going to get a hold of that man to give you marriage counseling? How are you going to get a hold of that man to come pray with your family when someone's hurting? Who's going to get a hold of you when you need to be held accountable? That TV ain't going to call you. That TV's not going to minister to you. 
Tell you, hey, I ain't seen you for a while. Amen. Church exists so that we can be held accountable. So it's a command of God. Number two is, God doesn't intend us to be lone rangers. When you don't believe in the local church, you become a lone ranger. And you say, I, I, how many people who know someone, or maybe, even, maybe you're that person this morning, I don't know. I am the church. Me and God have our own services. And me and God, that's not God's intention. God never intended that. Now, I tell you all the time how important it is for you to have a strong personal relationship with the Lord. That does not depend on other people, but that does not take away from the importance of coming together in the local body and sharpening each other like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And let's look what the Bible says about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How many are still here? Amen. Amen. The importance of the local church, why we exist as a local church, the reason we come together. Verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For as the body is one, and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, and so is Christ. For by one spirit we were baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For the, in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Okay, stop there for a second. That today, the church of Jesus Christ, now we know there's a lot of denominations, there's a lot of names, we're a non-denominational church, but if, even if we were a part of a denomination, we're a part of a fellowship of churches, we're a, a part of a group of churches around the world that's very powerful, but... It, it's, there's not going to be any denominations in heaven. I've said that before. You're not going to get to heaven and pull out your membership card and say, this is the church that I belong to. You're going to be in heaven because you belong to Jesus alone. That's the only reason you're going to be in heaven, because Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. But there is, a, there is something we, we are a part of to say, you know what, I believe in the way they're teaching. I, I stand on that. And today we have a lot of S-E-C-T-S. I have to be careful to spell that out and not say it. Okay? Because I can say that wrong sometimes. S-E-C-T-S. We have a lot of cults. We have a lot of people who say that they're the only church. If you don't belong to that church, if you're not baptized in that church, you're not saved. And, and that's not true. The, the Bible says... And our salvation comes alone from our faith in Jesus Christ. And so there's no membership that's going to get us into heaven. And, and people have that, 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 that name going on. But today we do have churches all around the world that we don't even know of that are not part of our fellowship of churches that are preaching the gospel that are part of the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ. Okay? And, and it is, there, is, there is one body around the world. We are part of that this morning. And, and, and people will never meet till we get to heaven, are part of that body all around the world. And, and here's the interesting thing. There are people in church places and buildings that are part of that body that might be sitting next to somebody who is not part of the body of Christ. Not because they can't be, but because they're not saved. They, again, going back to what I said in the beginning, they may think or feel or believe erroneously that because I'm in the church building, I'm saved. Didn't Jesus say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. It's, it's, it's not about that. It's not about coming to church to be saved. But it's understanding that because I'm saved, I need to come to church. And I need to be part of this body. And so we, we have this opportunity this morning to work together with other people. So then he says in verse 
15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling? But God has set the members, each of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, watch this, there are verse 20, many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unrepresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it, that therefore there should be no chism in the body, that, there should, that the members should have the same care one for another. Verse 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, but members individually. So we're part of a body of Christ worldwide, but we're individual members. And I have to understand that I hold a very important part in the body of Christ. I'm not saying that as a pastor. I'm saying that as a believer. I hold a very important part. You hold a very important part. And what is the saying? A, a, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. How many don't want to be the weakest link in the chain of Jesus Christ church? Amen? I want to make sure that I'm holding my part together. I want to make sure that I'm doing something for the Lord. I want to make sure that I'm making a priority to be in the house of God. Today, there's so many, going back, there's so many things that are fighting our time and fighting our commitment. Your job will pull on you. Uh, staying home and just chilling will pull on you. Amen? Um, going out of town will pull on you. Being with family and friends will pull on you. There's lots of things. Every Sunday when you get up to go to church, you can think of an excuse. Well, that excuse will find you, actually, and tell you, you know what, you don't need to go today. But I want to show you something that the Lord just showed me this morning. It was a stunt that came to my spirit that I thought was really powerful. I want to show it to you. If you'd go to John chapter 20. If you don't get anything else out of this message, I want you to get this. Just this one thing. John chapter 20. Let me know when you get there. I say this a lot and I really believe it. That as believers and part of the body of Christ, there are things we're all going through in our lives. Struggles. All of us have struggles. We're all in different places in our struggles. There's things that uh, are a struggle to me that aren't a struggle to you and vice versa. And, and, and I've and I seen over the years, now I was talking about this with my mother and father-in-law the other day. I, I have now been in the ministry for over 25 years. I've been pastoring for close to 20. So I've seen quite a bit. Seen quite a, quite a bit. I wouldn't say I've seen everything, but I've seen quite a bit. And I've seen over the years, the people who make it for God are the people who commit to the church. Who commit to, again, not, not membership cards, but commit to the, to, the, to the functioning of the local church. Because what happens is, is a believer gets in in the reach part. And then they get lost in the teach part. 
They don't ever get taught. They don't, there are so many people in this world today that are believers, that are Christians, but are not disciples. They're not disciples. There's a big difference. God wants us to be disciples, followers of Christ, people who, who would do anything for the Lord, lay our lives down for him. And so a lot of times I've seen people over the years and watched them individually. I'm a people watcher. And I'll watch them in their walks and watch them in their lives, and I can see and watch and begin to see somebody begin to slide, begin to see them uh, fall away, begin to see them get cold. And most of the time that starts with not committing to the local church services. Um, and again, this is, this, is, this, isn't, this is something that, it'll get our flesh mad when we talk about it. It'll, it'll, it'll make your flesh mad. Oh, they want me at church this day, and they want me at church that day. And Listen, I don't want anything from you except for you to go to heaven. Amen. And I just realized the more that you're around people who are doing what God wants you to do, the more you're going to be like people who do what God wants them to do. If you think about the hours that we spend during the week being influenced by people who are not believers, if we ask you to come to two or three services a week for a couple of hours, that's so minimal compared to the influence of hours on your life through TV and work and family and friends and all the media and all the things that are bombarding your life. You need to be in church. You need to be around godly people who are trying to make God uh, their focus and, and, and Jesus their Lord and heaven their home. So I've seen people fall away, casting crowns, singing an old song. It says it's a slow fade when you give yourself away, when you begin to not recognize it and, 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 and this calls you and then that calls you and then it's two or three weeks in a row and then it's a month and, and it's, there was, it, 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 begins to, it begins to fall apart real fast. Real fast, without you even recognizing it. So I've said this before, I've, and, I, and there's a lot of times the Lord will give me a message, and, 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 I, and he'll even bring people to my mind, and, and he'll say, man, these people really need that message. And then I won't see them at church. And I thought, man, if they would have been here, if they would have heard that. Now, now, here's the thing. Stay with me. We have a podcast, which is good and bad. Because sometimes people think, well, if I miss, I'll just listen to it online. If you weren't here Wednesday night, you missed out on a presence of God right here at this altar that was like a cloud. It was just like a cloud of the presence of the Lord. You can't get that online. You can't get that online. You can't get that feeling of the presence of the Lord. I'm not saying you can't get the presence of the Lord at home. But what happened corporately right here. You can't get that through the, through the internet. It's something about being there physically. Y'all following me? And so a lot of times people miss things. Now watch this, watch this. I'm not even going to get into the second page of my notes. I'm going to probably have to preach this for a couple weeks. But let's look at John chapter 20, verse 24. I'm going to read this verse. You there? Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, watch this, was not with them. When Jesus came. Some of you are going, what? Let me read it again. Now Thomas, the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. What does that mean? To me that means there was a church service with Jesus. And Thomas wasn't there. And Thomas missed out on seeing Jesus. 
Are y'all here? And later on, by the grace of God, Jesus showed up to Thomas again. And he said, hey, here's my hands. Touch them. Here's my feet. Look at them. Here's my side. Touch my side. And we go through that whole thing. And now, now Thomas is called Doubting Thomas for history. If he'd have been in that service, he'd have seen Jesus for himself. And he wouldn't have to be called Doubting Thomas today. Did y'all get that? There's a, there might be a service where, where, where a, a message could totally change your destiny. And y'all know why I'm so adamant about that. Because if that wasn't for October 4th of 1992, I'd be in hell right now. So I'm very thankful for God making me be at that service to hear that message I needed to hear. Because it was for me. And, and sometimes we come in and hear a message, and, and you might not even realize it, but it was a message that kept you from going. You might have been heading down a path. You might have been on the verge of making a huge mistake. You might have been on the verge of backsliding, on the verge of, 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 of falling off a cliff spiritually. You don't know, but some message just turned you back this way. And, and you didn't even realize it because you were in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I'm going to get there. That's the attitude we need. I'm going to get there. That's why the local church exists. So we can come and receive and be challenged and be pushed and be convicted and be formed together in a way where God shows us this point. I'm going to end with this. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves. We can do more together than we can do by ourselves. You might be able to do some amazing things for God, but we can do more together than we can by ourselves. I was just talking to Pastor Portnova from Ireland this week. He called me in, in the second service. I'm going to do a little video of the, of the congregation and send it to them. He, he says, I want our church in Northern Ireland to see that there's more of us than just us in this country. He says, I want him to see the church in Denton. And he's calling different churches and he wants video and he's going to have me talk to the church for a few minutes and encourage them. And, and, and we need to do that more often. I need to show you videos more often. I'm going to actually do that next month with our, with our missions. I'm going to get some video from Pastor Safari in Kenya and some, some video from Pastor Ben Musa in the Congo. And I'm going to have that congregation say Denton so that you can see that that's our church over there. That's our church, that we're part of something so big, so big, amen? So large, so much larger than just Denton. So much larger than, some of us won't believe this, larger than Texas. There is a world outside of Texas, amen? I know this is a world, but there is a world outside of Texas. There is a world, this will really blow some of us away, there is a world outside of the United States of America. Amen? The Bible was not written just for us. There are people all over the world today doing what we're doing right now, and they have been for 2,000 years. And that's why the church is here today, because the church has kept it going. Throw out of your mind all the ones that do it wrong and all the mistakes that are made and all those different things and understand that the true church of Jesus Christ can never fail because it's on a rock that is Christ Jesus 
And as long as a church, listen to this, as long as a church is preaching the truth and preaching the Word of God, it will always overcome the failures of people inside of the church. Always. There's always going to be people who fail. There's always going to be people who fall short. But the church and its existence and its plan and its purpose will never fail because Jesus said it himself. He said, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, thank you for allowing us to be in this place together as the true church, as the body of Christ, as many members this morning of one large body worldwide. God, what an amazing thought this morning as we're sitting here in North Denton, in North Texas, to think, God, not just here in the United States, but up north in Canada and down south in Mexico and down below that in Central America and further down in South America and all the way over in Asia and in Africa and in Europe and Australia and all over the world today, Father, even in places like China and Iraq and places where there's a lot of communism and there's a lot of violence and there's a lot of hatred in this world, there is a church that we belong to that is the worldwide living church of Jesus Christ. What a blessing, what a privilege, what an honor to be part of that church this morning. To call my name as part of the church of the living God. Thank you for being Oh, uh, straightforward with us so that we can be obedient to you so that we can understand that when I come into a place of, of the word and worship and praise it strengthens my soul so that I can leave out of here and go be the minister the evangelist, the preacher the example that you've called me to be so that I can learn to get around other people that I might not like or are not like me or might rub me the wrong way or might be indifferent, Father, and I can learn to love them because you love them and because you love me. Father, thank you this morning for the diversity of our church. Thank you, Lord, that we are a church that exemplifies. Lord, in size and color and race and cultures, what the true church of Jesus Christ looks like. Because none of those things matter when it comes to going to heaven. But we embrace them this morning because they're what makes us unique and what makes us awesome and what makes us special. Father, I pray today for those that will be listening to this online. That, Lord, if they don't have a church they go to, it's not about them coming into our church. But if they're listening today and they're in a city somewhere or even in this city and they have left their church... They have stopped going to church or, or Lord, they've gone to another church and, they're, and they're, they're not getting the truth, Father, that they'd find a place this morning where the truth is being preached and they would say, Lord, I'm going to commit to the house of God. I'm going to commit to being there every time the doors are open so I don't miss out like Thomas missed out on a revelation on a word from God, on something that can save my children, on something that can save myself, on something that can save my family. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to understand this this morning.
as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this place how many in this place could say pastor I want to be part of the kingdom of God I do not know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and today I want to make him Lord I've been committed maybe even to the church but I have not been committed to Christ and today I want to make sure that my name is in the Lamb's book of life I want to make sure that if I died today I would spend eternity in heaven how many all over this place this morning could say pastor I need salvation this morning amen God look at me I need Jesus today I need to be saved I need to be born again just put your hand up put it right back down all over this place I'm not saved I want to be today I want to know the Lord I want to I want to have my name written in the book I want to be a part of that body if you're here this morning maybe you're cold I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand but maybe you're cold in your spirit and you're here but you but your spirit is dying your spirit is weak this morning and you need a, a spiritual transfusion this morning God is here to meet you God is here to touch you. God is here to fill you. His presence is here. That's why the Bible says we're two or more gathered in His name. He's in the midst. Amen. As we stand this morning to our feet, we're going to open up the altars and take a few minutes to sing a song. And we like to end our services with some worship. We like to end our services with some time spent with God. I want to quote you right before we open the altar. You're welcome to pray at your seat. You're welcome to come to the altar. But please... Please don't leave yet. We want, to, we want to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. And then we're going to have our backstage area back in the back to get to know you, to have some time of fellowship before the next service. But Dwight Moody, who was mightily used of God, said this. He said, church attendance is as vital to a disciple. Now notice he didn't say a, a Christian. He said a disciple. Church attendance is as vital to a disciple as is a transfusion of rich healthy blood to a sick man amen when you come you get injected with something now again this goes back to being in a place where there's health goes back to being in a place where the words being preached in truth but when that happens and 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 God's presence is in a place and God's word is being preached and hearts are right not perfect because none of us are perfect But when the heart is right and the word is preached and the spirit is in a place, it's like a transfusion. It's like an injection of power into our bones. That's why I talked about Wednesday night, that we would refuel, that we would fill up again with the presence of the Lord so we can make it through the week, make it to that next service, make it to that next time we gather together. Amen? So as we sing a song, we're going to open up the altars for just a few minutes like I said whether it's at your chair or it's up here at the altar let's find a place for just a few minutes to spend in the presence of the Lord talk to him this morning